We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hello, everybody. Jim Hackett and Pete Davidson, your fantasy football guys here at WEI. Back in studio Friday the 20th of April, and we are now less than one week away from the NFL draft. We got into a kind of a... Large conversation there last week, Pete, like a general conversation, a lot of paths, a lot of quarterbacks. But now we're going to do a little bit deep dive on the quarterback position, which is a fruitful one at this, the 2018 NFL Draft. I know you agree with me on that. Yeah, I, I think it's the best QB class we've seen in a long time in terms of the, the entire class. Um, I mean, I think the first-round talent is, is uh, above normal for sure. But I also think that the depth of this class is pretty impressive. Yeah, so that's what people. Uh, I think that's what people are missing. They're focused on the on the names that we've heard, you know, since gee whiz, I'd say like December of last year. Donald Mayfield, yeah. Jackson, Rosen, Allen. Those are the guys you've been hearing about. But mm-hmm. based on your recent research or the collective research, it looks like it's a lot deeper class than people might be forecasting. Yeah, I mean, I for me, I think it it, it goes at least you know ten or eleven deep. Uh, in terms of guys who have like a legit shot at being a pro, mm. um, you know, I think uh, depending on who you talk to, you might even add another name or two on there. Uh, but you know, I, you know, I've got it broken down into tiers, and even when you get into my fifth tier, I mean, the, these are guys with 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 good film, nice talent. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited about this class. I'm excited to watch them play over time and uh, see how many of them make it. But this is. Um, and by the way, this is something you and I talked about all the way going back into the fall when the whole Garoppolo thing yeah. dropped. Uh, but, you know, whether it's luck or skill, the Patriots have chosen a pretty good time to need a quarterback. Yeah, they have. And the thing is, and we talked about it off-site, we'll get into it a little bit here, but off-mic, I should say, but... You know, the the need has been there for the Patriots since the Garoppolo trade, okay? And Belichick kind of yeah. isolated himself specifically from being in this situation, and yet they find themselves in it. And then if you believe any of the smoke that's been, you know, lurking around uh, Schefter's appearance on Kirk and Callahan earlier in the week, that, you know, he hasn't yet, you know, declared that he's, you know, uh, coming to camp— I think a lot of people, present company included, that being me, got their knickers in a knot over it. But he's never really declared his, his arrival anyway. But I do think that one thing that's changed since a couple of years ago when we've sat in the studio and we're talking about it, you know, I think two years ago we said, what's your over-under? And I said three, and you went under, and I said, I, I, I'm a push at three years. I think three years is actually looking like a push to get there now because he looks like he's yeah. year to year to me at best. Um, getting a lot of pressure domestically, I'm sure. And, you know, given all the BS that's been surrounding the Patriots mm. offseason, I think it's, you know, in the Tom vs. Time stuff, it's just it's, it's lingering and looking shorter than it was. So more than well, ever, this quarterback class wife, seems important, you know? His wife is worldly wise and, uh, you know, they've got a lot of money and they have a lot to live for. So, you know, it's... If I'm Giselle, I don't want Tom playing football either. I mean, that's just sound, rational thought when yep. you get down to it. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Patriot fans, they don't want to hear that. But, you know, if you were filthy rich, and they are, uh, 
you know, the only thing Brady's playing for at this point, at, at this point, is love of the game. Um, and uh, I'm sure his love for his family is probably right there with the love for the game. So it's um, obviously when you're one of the greatest of all time, it's tough to walk away if you think you can still play at all. But uh, you know. For those of us who remember the way Montana's career ended and the way Aikman's career ended, um, they're you know riding off into the sunset with your faculties and your game intact is is not so bad. It's a nice way to go. Look at Roger Staubach did it. You know what I mean? He's yeah. had a long, blessed life. That guy. He's done yeah. it the right remember, way. Remember when people called Barry Sanders stupid? Yeah, it's, it's you don't so hear stupid people now. saying that much anymore, do you? No. Although in, in, Barry might have been a little ahead of the curve. Although here in Boston, we do hear Barry Sanders a lot talking about uh, how he used Cordell and Cordell's law office for his divorce. You hear him also. He didn't make every decision right, but he made a, he made a good decision right about his football career and keeping his noggin healthy. Or his yeah, I mean, good. it's it's. Uh, I, I think you know, I think Brady. I'd be shocked if he didn't play this year, and 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 that would be a huge sucker punch to the organization and the fan base. I just don't see Brady doing that. Yeah, it would be it, to me as a fan. It would be an unforgivable offense by him. It really it would be. You cannot yeah. leave that I mean, organization laying in the lurch. I, I I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it, again, if 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 you take the Garoppolo thing out of the mix, no problem. Yep. But if if he did lean in to sort of push Garoppolo out and then quit, and then he quits himself, that. Oh. Wow. Unforgivable. I mean, that is I, unforgivable. I, hope somebody on, I, I hope somebody on Tom's side of this equation is giving him good advice, like, you know, Tommy, can't if you do, do that. this, every time Garoppolo throws a touchdown pass, people are going to be dissing you. You know, like, you don't, you don't want that. Uh, I, I think one more good year out of Brady, and, and he's fine. And I'm, I'm, I have confidence in the organization that they're going to draft one of these quarterbacks. And uh, the good news for them is there's a, a nice handful of guys where if you give them a year or so of learning, they're going to be pretty good. Yeah, and the other part, the good news for you and I and for everyone listening to this podcast and our show is I think everyone's in play. Like the NFL Draft 2018 is in play for the Patriots. It hasn't been in play very often, and, and I think they're, they're in play from the top of the quarterback list all the way to the bottom, and that's what's going to make yeah, it really interesting. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think they're in play for the number one pick, but I think I don't know if there's necessarily any one quarterback who can't slide. So I don't know if any one particular quarterback, with I guess the exception of probably Darnold, yeah. who doesn't seem like he could get out of a top three. It seems like some way he's going to be in the top two or three, no matter what. I agree. I, mean, I, th- I would put Mayfield there as well, and theoretically. Well, I would, but yeah. I think you know Mayfield's uh, just over six-foot quarterback. and That's true. He, if he goes in the top three, that'll be the first time in league history that a short quarterback has gone that high. So, um, you know, I think you can make... You can make good arguments for why Rosen could slide, yeah, or why Allen could slide, why while why Jackson could slide, um, and and Mayfield I think as well. Now I'm not saying that these arguments are arguments that I would make. I'm just judging NFL history and how these teams get skittish. Yep. Aaron Rodgers slid. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, we, we've seen this. We've seen this many times. Um, and the guy I think who could do a Roger slide is, is Rosen. Um, and again, you know, I, what did Rogers go? Seventeen or something like yeah. that? I don't know. But you know, obviously, it's not a, it's not a slight for a quarterback to go into the middle of the first round. But uh, a big Ben, if I'm not mistaken, was ten or eleven. Mm. Um, you know, so uh, it, the bottom line is you've got probably six guys that I have 
either round one or fringe round one grades on. Um, and the way the the way contracts work these days, if you're a fringe round one guy, you probably end up going late round one. Hey, you know what's interesting too, Pete, is uh, all that's spot on. But what's interesting to me is when the media wave gets behind something, you know. So you and I last week talked a little bit about Mason Rudolph, and he seems to be climbing a little. And now we're talking about Josh Rosen, who if you, like, listen nationally or look around nationally, his stock does seem to be tumbling just a tad. But it's amazing what the wave does come draft day, like the emotions of it. It's almost like Wall Street. Like, you know, like some bad news hits and then things just plummet. It'd be interesting to see how far... And then he does drop, and how of, sober people are when it's time right. to pick him up, you know? And sometimes, like, sometimes it has absolutely nothing to do with the wave. It's just that the so-called experts didn't have what the NFL was thinking correctly. Mm. You know, it's, and it, it, like, it, I think for the most part, when the draft shakes out, that's pretty much the way it was always going to shake out. I mean, I don't think there's many teams that listen to the media. Um, in terms of like who to pick in the draft, I mean, obviously any team that does is <laughs> they're going to have a rough time of it. That's not the way to do it. Yep. But um, the, the Rosen thing is compelling in that he's not—he doesn't seem to be slipping for any football reasons. It seems to be he's got that outside the box personality. He's a you know air quote here. He's a thinker. I was just going to say that teams don't really yeah. like that. Um, and it's funny, I've seen several people, it's such a, the world is getting crazy, man. I mean, you just can't say anything anymore. But no, you can't. Take it for someone who works here all, every day at WEI. Hard to do. Yeah, I mean, I, basically, I can't even remember what expert was saying it or what media. It was somebody with, you know, a, a, a big voice in the media. But essentially, they were just bringing up, you know, NFL teams may not like Allen's persona, excuse me, Rosen's persona, Um. You know, they don't like these guys who are outside-the-box thinkers. The whole big thing was about he likes to ask why. He needs to know why. And people were jumping on the guy who said this. And it's like, dude, he's not giving you his opinion. He's he's trying to profile the decision-maker's right. opinion. It's a big right. difference. Yep. These are two separate things. He's yeah. not saying he wouldn't take Rosen. He's saying these dinosaur mentality GMs are going to be afraid of him. Right. So it's amazing. And this guy ends up having to defend himself. It's like... What world am I living in here? Um, but anyway, everyone's so know, quick to judge. Everyone's so quick to punch. They oh, get their boxing gloves on it's all the time. Like, let me let me get my sentence out. Rule number one on Twitter: If you're about to take someone to task, reread the tweet several times. Yeah, make sure you haven't you know. Yeah, the context right. Right. Then 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 do what you're going to do. But uh, I I think that that take on Rosen could conceivably be accurate. You may have a team or two. That says, nah, not our kind of guy, and and that could cause him to slip. Yeah. Now he's, I mean, his physical abilities are top ten pick in the NFL. I don't, I don't think there's any question. Um, you know, and and I, and I like Josh Rosen. I mean, he's 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 a good prospect. Now, do I want the Jets trading up three and then taking Rosen? No, I don't. Um, Especially if he's a guy that could have gotten without getting rid of all those draft picks. Well, that's the well, the, that's the ironic element of it is if you move up to get him and then he starts sliding. Right, him, that's right. Vintage Jets, I suppose. Yeah. But um, my thing is, if you're the Jets and you roll, you're going to roll four picks into one. Now you have, in my opinion, you have to make sure there's a floor there. Like, you know, that's that's the thing the Jets have done is they've gone all in. Mm. And when you go all in, you need to be right. 
Well, we talked last week that you well, know maybe if they I go say this, you can't be fully wrong. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> you know? they have to like if they're going to go all in and they get like Darnold or, or or Baker Mayfield, that makes sense. But if you could have stayed or moved up and gotten Rosen around, that you really why'd you move? You know, well, what they're I mean? in a tough spot in terms of staying because teams can trade ahead of you, and, and I, I I get that. And and the, you know the Jets' history is they were sitting there waiting for Favre to fall in their lap, and then he went right. Somebody traded up, jumped right in front of him, the Falcons, and they got him. And the rest is history. Um, obviously, the Jets passed on Marino, who went like one pick later and took Ken O'Brien. Danny O'Brien. Right, there's right? a lot of there's a lot of near misses at this position for the Jets historically. Um, you know, and for me, Mayfield's a high floor player, but I don't know what the Jets think of Mayfield. So, mm. to me, the Jets, it's a Jet fan. I mean, I'm just sort of sitting there going, God, please don't screw this up. I, I just want one of the high-floor players because if the Jets whiff this pick, they, because of the way they trade, I mean, if they whiff at six, that's bad. If you give up three-second rounders for the right to whiff in addition to the six yeah, pick, that's real bad. N- now you're setting yourself back a half a decade. Yep, yeah. Yeah. No doubt about so, it. You know, that's, 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 that's my issue with what they did. It's like, okay, you can do what you did, but you've got to be right now. Right. Yeah, they put a lot of pressure on themselves. Yeah, you just removed the security netting from under the trapeze. Yeah. Hey, maybe <laughs> so. they'll look like maybe they'll look smart for the first time in a really long while. But it's possible. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll see. I will let you know very early on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll take and, Christian you know, Hackenberg again. Oh gosh, don't even get me started. So anyway, let's let's look at the top tier. My top tier is Darnold Mayfield. Yep. That's my top tier. And yep. I've got very little separation between those two players. I really like them both. Um, we could start with Darnold. I just I love his mental makeup. I love the way he has no memory whatsoever. One of the most incredible traits for a quarterback is to have no memory. Like a closer. Yeah, I mean he, you know, he comes, you know, he comes out and throws a pick in the third quarter. His team is down. He's going to come right out and keep coming at you. Um, now, there is sort of a Jameis Winston element to the way he continues to push the ball into tight spots, mm. and he does need to learn. But if you show me a college quarterback who didn't have any more learning to do, you know, I got a, I got a bridge. I'll sell you. you well, know? Let me tell you I something, mean, Marino. All these guys come in needing to learn something. Let me tell you something, Marino was a good college quarterback. He wasn't great. It was a great great vision and, and insight into what the player could be and what he could blossom into by and the he's Dolphins. An example of a guy who had decent college coaching and then went into a great coaching situation yep. Yep. at the pro level. So Shula, Shula knew what he had yep. and uh, un- unleashed the Kraken yes. from day one. Yep. Um, yeah, the, Dan Marino, one of my the, all-time hated players. Oh, me too. And then the absolutely pay- slaughtered my team. And then the Patriots took Tony Eason, who was the the thing that the Kraken would eat. <laughs> Tony Eason. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's talk about Tony Eason. That's fun. No, but um, you're right about Sam Darnold. Though. I mean, he's one of those guys who looks like he kind of, uh, I don't want to say fits the suit because we kind of say that jokingly, but he does check all the boxes for sure, you know, doesn't he? He checks all the boxes. He's, yeah. he's, got, he's got the required size. He's got the required arm strength. Um, a bit mobile. You know, he's, he's got some mobility. He, right? He's got, he's got, He's got enough mobility. I would say, you know, uh, him and Mayfield are both plus mobility. They're not, they're not going to be running quarterbacks, but, you know, they're mobile enough to do some things uh, to protect themselves, to buy a little time. Um, you know, the, the only thing about Darnold that gives me significant pause is the way he drops the ball. He's got a funky throwing motion. Mm. And I don't love it, and I'd love to change it, but the thing is, when you watch him play, it doesn't cost him much. Um, now maybe 
maybe on the pro level it might cost him a little more. We'll mm. have to see. Mm. Uh, but apart from that, there's really there's so much to like with this kid. He makes so many intuitive throws. Uh, he's got tons of heart, tons of guts. Uh, I, I absolutely anticipate rookie year struggles um, if he plays a lot, but I think he's the kind of kid who can learn and build from it versus being torn down by it. Mm. Uh, and that's an important distinction. I think some guys, depending on where you are on the developmental curve or where you are on that that inner confidence curve, uh, it can be damaging to play early. And um, that's really why Mayfield and Darnold are at the top of the class, because I don't think they're players you can destroy. I think they're too strong from the neck up. They will take their lumps early. They won't get their eyes knocked down. They'll learn what they're supposed to learn, and they'll keep going. Even if Hugh Jackson's their coach? He um, seems yeah. like he could tear even anybody if, down. Even if, even if Hugh Jackson is their head coach. That's, mm. that's actually a pretty good standard, Jim. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think these guys can survive Hugh Jackson. That's a well, that's a big Sounds statement. Like a reality TV show for football players. Yeah, no, that's a big statement. I mean, you know, because he's yeah. he's he's going to be in a great position to ruin some good young quarterback potentially. And uh, we were talking about this that. yesterday. We're going totally off topic right now. But the only explanation I can come up with for why Hugh Jackson is still the Cleveland coach Photos. is that they have some something set up for next year that couldn't be done this year. Like they've got a nod in the wink deal with a big name coach. That might be I, it. I can't come up with another rational explanation for why they would keep that guy around. Well, it's it's worth investigating, right, to see who's, yeah. who's, whose contract's Harbaugh coming or up. Belichick or who the heck it might be, but it's the only thing that I can come up with that makes any sense for what they did. I know. What's he? Say, it's just my opinion. What is he like? <laughs> one in thirty in the last two years. I mean, he's, he's won two games in one game in two seasons, and like obviously he was not successful in his first stop as a head coach. Uh, I'm not saying that Hugh Jackson's not a good football man, but to me, he seems like a Peter Principle kind of guy. Mm. He's a, he, he should be an offensive coordinator or a quarterback coach. Yep, and he killed Kaiser. Yeah, he did. He did tremendous damage to Kaiser, and you don't jerk kids around like that. And and he he didn't he didn't do um, Kessler any favor uh, any favors either the year before. Yeah, he, he has this. He, you know, he he sees what he wants to see in a prospect. Then he talks the prospect up, puts the prospect in too soon, and when you don't get when he doesn't get what he thinks he should get, he blames the prospect. Right. Uh, you know. <laughs> Not great. I mean, hey, I guess there. if you can get away with it, it's good business. But you know, to me, you only get to do that a couple times before I start pointing the finger at you. Yeah, well, he's seemingly making a living out of it, so it's it's kind of an oddity. Right. So, um, you know, but Darnold and Mayfield, they're going to be able to have to weather I mean, he, that storm. You may not remember this, but the Cleveland, I remember a press conference when they took Kessler, and the media was saying, you know, you really think Kessler's the guy, and he just gave them the trust me. He get trust me. Uh, yeah, I'll trust you someone know? with your so he, with your record. Yeah, right. So now he's throwing all of his things into Kessler. Okay, now you need to go make me look good, whether it's realistic or not. Yeah. Uh, and he was a kid who could have really benefited from time. He needed to build up his body a little bit, um, and it ended up the opposite thing started happening. He got beat up early. He had to keep playing, and eventually they had to get him out of there. Yeah. Uh, and they ended up giving him up to Jacksonville for nothing. You know, and they and they they sold Kaiser uh, for less than they should have as well. Um, so you know, he definitely is a guy who, if in my opinion, because he's so impulsive, he ultimately ends up lacking wisdom. Because that's, that's a great yeah, that's a great point. That that makes a ton of sense, and it it actually answers some questions about how stupid his decision making has been. You know, quarterbacks. Uh, I overuse this this movie quote, but you cannot force open the petals of a flower. 
flowers have to bloom. Yeah, yeah. The, that's the way it goes. That's El Guapo from the Three Amigos. <laughs> the handsome force one. Open the, you cannot force open the petals of a flower. And Hugh Jackson seems determined to be the first guy to do it. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, the truth of the matter is you get a good young quarterback with a lot of skills. You need to bring him along until the point where you can kick him out of the nest and he's actually going to fly. He's kicking little birds out of the nest and they're dying. Well, look at what the Pats did with Brady when you know when he replaced Bledsoe yeah. many years back. You know, a lot of the I would say horizontal throws. It wasn't until the end of the year that you saw him kind of throwing it down the field. And look what he turned into. So yeah, to make your point, yeah, Brady's a Brady's a classic example where you had a kid who clearly had some ability. He clearly had a, a pretty decent arm, but he didn't have an NFL body. He yep. didn't have an NFL body of work. So what do they do? They bring him in. They build up his body. They put him behind a pro you can learn from, and they teach him. And then after roughly a year and a full NFL offseason, they had the guts to say, hey, you know what? The kid's better than the old man. And yep. they did it. Yep. And they were right. Um, and I know it was a tough thing for Bledsoe at the time, but hey, it's a tough business. I think he'd tell you from any one of his vineyards that it was the right thing now. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Yeah. Well played. Yep. Um, so anyway, Darnold to me is a guy with, I think, underrated feet. Mm. He's got some footwork stuff that could be cleaned up, and I, you know, hopefully it will be. But there's so much to work with there. Um, my biggest concern with him is, you know, didn't have that many starts, so I do think time will help him. I'd mm-hmm. love to see him get September and maybe part of October just to make sure he's got the full playbook. Mm-hmm. I, that's the underrated, underestimated issue with these rookie quarterbacks is they have less time than they used to have. And, you know, the idea that you're going to come in and learn everything you need to know to start NFL games for an NFL team in August is just stupid. And be NFL ready, too. I mean, because not only do they have to get all that stuff in a shorter window, but how much faster the game moves when they get out there. Like, it must feel... Right, college QBing has been simplified while NFL QBing has been intensified. It must feel like being in the middle of an avalanche. You know what I mean? When you've got, like, when that first first, uh, break from a scrimmage comes and that rush comes, and they're bigger, they're faster, they're in your face, and no one... You you can't see anybody open, and it happens in a flash of a second. Rookie quarterbacks, you see it all the time they're playing too much with their conscious mind right you need to get a lot of the skill set needs to be gotten to your left hand so you you can think with your right hand yeah i I mean muscle memory and all that kind of stuff is huge and you're going to be learning enough things under fire in the nfl you can't have your conscious mind working on the scheme you need the scheme embedded yep and uh, it takes and time. Fling it it yep. takes time. You know, Peyton Manning played pretty well his rookie year. He's sort of the standard of rookie year play in a lot of ways. But it's not like Manning was great his rookie year. He threw a lot of picks. Yes, he did. But he had enough time back then to get this. I mean, you're talking about someone who sucks up information probably as well as any quarterback in history. I mean, this kid was like a coach on the field at Tennessee. And he worked at it. He liked it. He was a, he's a film rat he was kind a, of guy. He was a grinder. Yep. He's, he's a lot like Brady. Yep. There's no limit to how hard he's willing to work. So, and he was a guy who was a little behind the curve as a rookie. They're all going to be, no matter how good you think your rookie quarterback is, he's going to be fighting from behind. And, you know, people will talk about Roethlisberger. They'll they'll even bring up Mark Sanchez. They'll bring up Russell Wilson as guys who've had some early success. But look at all three of those guys. They all were drafting behind a running offense. Yes. Yeah. You know, they weren't out there as option one. They were out there as, we're going to have this guy throw as little as possible and they, they managed to keep the train on the tracks. Yep. There's a big difference between doing that and doing what Aaron Rodgers does. No doubt. 
you know. And no, by the no. way, Rogers, two full years to learn. And a guy who didn't have that, who actually, you know, kind of got better when he got in a better situation, but of his own was, you know, Drew Brees had to kind of come in and yeah, Brees it, got thrown to the wolves. Yeah. Brees is the perfect guy to talk about when you're talking about Mayfield, because you're looking at two guys very similar in size. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I actually was having this discussion on Twitter this morning. I was arguing in Mayfield's side. I think Mayfield's a little bit better in terms of movement and athleticism than Breeze. He's not at the level of Wilson. Mm. But Wilson came in lighter than Breeze and Mayfield, and he's a little bit shorter. Mm. So he's, you know, it's not shocking that Wilson's a little bit faster and quicker. Uh, Wilson also just has really good straight-line speed. He's about a... Off the top of my head, I think he ran a four-five-two or a four-five-three at the combine, which mm. for a quarterback is great. Like wheels, um, yeah, yeah. But you know, Mayfield is, gosh, what did he run? I think he ran about a four-eight-four. Four-eight-four. Um, yeah. You, you know, he's 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 got enough speed to be a mobile quarterback. He's not going to be one of these guys who's running all over the field. Um, but he can extend plays. He can buy time, and, and so can Drew Brees. Drew Brees, if you go back to his early career, was a very mobile quarterback. But it was yeah. functional mobility within a, the typical QB paradigm. He wasn't a running quarterback. Yeah, but he can escape and he can make things happen Absolutely. with his feet, sure, and his right. vision. Even at his advanced age, he's still doing that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, the thing with Baker Mayfield is if he really does go at the top of the draft, it's going to be the first time anyone that's ever. He's, he's going to be the first time that anybody's ever taken a guy who's less than six foot one mm. that high in the draft. Mm. Um, and there's reasons for that, you know. Um, you know, it's, I, we may have talked about this last week, so I don't want to repeat myself too much, but, you know, people say, oh, Breeze is short, Wilson's short, being short doesn't matter anymore. Like, no, no, it does. Those guys <laughs> are outliers. want out- to be short. Those guys are outliers, too. I mean, they're great Exactly. Players. So when you're predicting that Mayfield's going to be a big-time quarterback, you are predicting success for an outlier. And, it, you know, it's, you should have some respect for that element, and I do. I just think that this kid's that good. Well, let me ask you this, because he's a guy that I've been seeing a lot um, on ESPN. And by the way, just for what it's worth, yeah. you know, Mayfield's got a cannon. Yes, he does. Big, big, <laughs> you know, bad it, arm. It, yep. I think a lot of people don't realize just how strong an arm Mayfield has. Yep. And that uh, helps. One thing I've been noticing about him that I'm a little worried about, and this is totally intangible but um, and unquantifiable other than sure. history, okay? I'm seeing a lot of him you know, pre-draft uh, on TV, which worries me because it makes me think of the U.S. Olympians, uh, Dan and Dave. It makes me think of Eric Lindros. It makes me think of Brian Bosworth. It makes me think of every yeah. bust well, that got a I bunch mean, of press. Bosworth failed because he just wasn't as good as they thought he was. Lindros failed because of concussions. I mean, Lindros was a great player. He was, but he was a slow roll. He, he you know, they, he, they were positioning him as like the next, right. but, you know, Gretzky Lemieux, and and it never quite was, happened though. to that level. He was damn good, but yeah. you know, I, I think Lindros was on his way to the Hall of Fame. Uh, Without the concussions. Yeah, it took personally. him a while, but he got there. But, but you know what? My, well, but my Lindros, didn't Lindros come in at like 19? Very young. Maybe not yeah. even that. Um, yeah. But that's my point. Like, they, 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 they pedestal these guys before they get on the field, and more often than not, bad things happen. And I'm just seeing a lot of him getting a lot of well, media his, exposure. His concerns attitude me. Is, is a mild concern. Yeah. Um, you know, the grabbing the crotch and planting the flag and. You know all of this nonsense. You know, I, yeah, it's it's I, it's less than ideal. Yeah, but I don't know. He's a college kid. He's fired up. I mean, I mean, yeah. If he's doing that in three years, that's not great. Mm. I, I my anticipation is that he's going to mature. I mean, 
you know, people make that jump and they start dropping Manziel comparisons. Now, look, if you can prove to me or even show me that it's likely that Baker Mayfield's got substance abuse problems, yeah. now we're talking about a whole new right. thing. Right. I haven't heard anything like that. No, me either. So, you know, Manziel was a junkie. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. know, you're leaving, you know, trails of drugs in your wake. Yeah, that's a whole new problem. And, um, you know, again, if, if somebody can actually show me that Mayfield's got substance problems, now, now I'm going back to the drawing board yep. here. But yeah. uh, uh, strictly from a, from a standpoint of playing the game, I just love his game. He's got incredibly advanced footwork for a college quarterback, and that's with him running tons of RPO and stuff, which makes it, you know, that makes footwork sort of difficult. Mm. Uh, but he's really good at it, and I don't think he's going to, you know, have to do much of that in the pros anyway. Um, I mean, he's going to have, uh, like a lot of these kids, they're going to be spend, spending more time under center. He's going to have to learn some, you know, some drops and stuff like that. But it's, when you see a kid who's as good technically as Baker Mayfield, that already tells you the kid can accept coaching at a high level. Yeah, that's good. Because you don't get footwork like his without working your ass off at it. You're not born with quarterback footwork. You're He's born with the talent for it, but not the actual footwork. He strikes me as a guy that if he gets in the right situation, it could, he, could, he could flourish. And if he gets in the wrong one, he could disappear. You know? Well, that's where the Jets could be a problem for him. Yeah. The Jets have ruined a lot of careers. So yeah. uh, Now I suppose the upshot would be that the best quarterback in Jet history was a really cocky kid from a major college program. So yes, yes. maybe that's what the Jets need is a guy like Mayfield who's going to come in and just not take crap from anybody. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll have to see. Uh, think of Rex, think think of Rex Ryan as a coach, right? I mean, that's the best recent footprint they've had, and he came in with a lot of swagger and more swagger than talent and made some things yeah. happen. And then if you look at the other major success the Jets have had, it was with Parcells, Belichick, two guys with a lot of football swagger. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, as, as a Jet fan, having an outsized personality, I'm fine with that. Yeah, because most a- of our positive history, you know, what little there is of it, uh, <laughs> can't, well, let's, let's be honest. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, let's, uh, and that, that's the type of guy who's been successful for the Jets in the past. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'd be very happy if they took Mayfield. But I'm not, I'm not blind to reality. May, Mayfield's going to have a recalibration phase when he comes into the NFL. Yeah. He's probably going to struggle. Let's put like I'm going to put like eight games on it. He's going to have an eight game window where he's going to have to refine himself. Yeah, and that's probably uh, light. I mean, look at some of the even some of the greatest quarterbacks. You know, like Elway struggled for like Jesus. I'm going to say almost two years. Bradshaw struggled terribly, and he didn't have the talent of like an Elway. Elway struggling looked pretty damn awesome. Let's throw that out there. But, yeah, but yeah, I mean, he I was mean, under duress, man. I mean, he had a, he had a rough yeah, time. Yeah, but that's not his fault. I mean, look, I'm not talking about me. I'm not talking about the Jets struggling. The Jets could suck for infinity. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not about to start saying that Mike McCagnan is suddenly going to, you know, <laughs> find the stroke or whatever the hell you want to say. But May, I'm, I'm just talking about just Mayfield's game. Yeah. Uh, he's going to need some time to learn what he can and can't do on this level because unlike guys like Darnold, let's stick with Darnold, yeah. you know, he does not have that prototype prototypical size where he can just stand in the pocket and see the field. Um, you know, the, now, the good news for Mayfield is he's, you know, he's a little bit taller than Breeze, which is going to help. And he played at Oklahoma. Now, Breeze played at Purdue, which yeah. you know, it's a decent college, but the Oklahoma line definitely is bigger than the Purdue line. Yep. So that, that you, know, puts a, you know, a little bit of a, that, that helps Mayfield a little bit. Um, 
it's it's hard for me to say negative stuff about this player. He his film just really blows me away. It's he's he's got wonderful timing and accuracy and anticipation. He really knows what's going on. He knows every single player on the football field what they're doing and why. He's exactly the kind of quarterback that succeeds. That's critical for a quarterback position. Those, those things, those elements you just hit are the key ones. Yeah, Much well, I call it the, the switch. Arm. What are they like at the switch? Yeah. That's between the ears, and he's a guy who can be your engineer for your team, mm-hmm. um, just like Tom Brady and, and a lot of the great ones. Yep. Um, Pretty uh, good. Now, we've covered Darnold and Mayfield. Let's, let's move down into Tier 2, because yeah, Tier well, 2 is where it sort of gets interesting. Yeah, well, this is, this is a fascinating tier. So in it, you have Lamar Jackson, Josh Rosen, yeah. who we talked about, and Josh Allen. Right. Um, and moving back to the Patriots, I think... I think this is where, if they want to get aggressive, these guys are in play for them. Yeah. And one, well, one of these guys could be in play for them. Well, the interesting thing is, like, if you go back around the combine time, and I know that, you know, Lamar Jackson didn't go, it was, it's been back to that he, time period. Well, he didn't run. He yeah. went. He didn't run. Yeah. Um, it's at that time period where his stock was probably the lowest, and now he, but he's at the top of that second tier for you, so that's exciting to kind of see. Well, listen. He's at the top of the second tier for a few reasons. First of all, I'm a fantasy guy. Yes, okay? he's got the big and fantasy. In fantasy upside. terms, you know, if 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 Lamar Jackson gets the right landing spot, he goes right to the top of my board. Number one, easy. Yep. For fantasy. Yep. I mean, you're, you know, you're you're offering me a guy like that for fantasy. There's no way I'm going to hesitate. But my pre-draft rankings are a little bit more slanted towards just NFL only. Um, so for the NFL, he's third behind two very, very highly ranked prospects for me relative to my rankings. Um, And, you know, the reason I have him lower is because I just feel like even though he has talent that's commensurate with the two guys above him, I think Lamar Jackson needs time. He needs some nurturing, no question about it. If if this guy's playing day one, I think it hurts his career. I really do. And now, can he go out there and win football games right away? Maybe. Because he's an exceptional athlete, yeah. and I think a lot of people really underrate him as a quarterback in terms of what's going on from the neck up. I think he's pretty good from the neck up. Mm. But what I want to see from him is I want him to learn to protect his body better. I think he desperately needs to learn to get down and to get out of bounds. Mm. It's really important for a guy playing with his body type. He cannot be just throwing his body around. He'll end up like Vic, where he's on the he's on the he 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 he's on the injury list every week with sore shoulder, partially separated shoulder, yeah. concussion. You know, you you don't want him following that career path. Um, so for me, this is a guy where I'm investing in him early, so I'm not dealing with all kinds of issues late. Yep. Um, so to me, one year at least, more than a year would be ideal. He, I would lo- I've already said this, and you and I have talked uh, about it, yeah. Lamar Jackson to New England, to New England Phenomenal. Just, I think it would be amazing. Well, the minute I, they I, traded for that 23rd pick, I, I just went to, I said to myself, tantalizing, because I know. Well, that puts him in the game. Yeah. That puts him in the game, because yeah. if he slides into the teens, that you actually have the juice to go get him if, if, if you're so inclined. Um, but you've done a, a good job at convincing me that the Patriots really could use all of these picks, because... They've got some holes to fill, so they need uh, to. They got to get a. Le- they got to get a left tackle. They've got to fortify that defense at very important positions. You know, like linebacker specifically. They need a corner. Um, they've got. They've got some holes. You know, and and uh, it doesn't end there. So I think. Um, I think he's a. 
If they're really confident in their board, which they often are, and they think they can fill those holes throughout the draft, or at least like three major ones between the first four picks they have and the first 63 Give picks of the, the draft. Give me the two biggest holes that you think. Left tackle and linebacker. Okay. No question. Bad draft to get a left tackle. There's like two, and that's and why I think they have to, to jump. you don't need first-round pick on a linebacker. No, you don't. Um, so, so that's what so, makes them interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I, look, you and I both, we don't know how much they may or may not like Jackson, but if they do love him, they may be in a position to go get him. That, that, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. And, and then the other thing I'm saying is it would be a lot of fun if Tom Brady retires and the Patriots go from Brady to Jackson. I mean, it, it's funny. That would be like a, like a cup of coffee for the fan base, you know? Meaning it's like an energized, like, it'd be like a Red Bull. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, wow, we're really going to miss Brady, but this is fun. Yeah. Well, that was <laughs> my know? point all along. With, like, I made the, I made the uh, Jacoby Brissett reference when he had that 35-yard yeah. scamper for a touchdown on right. Thursday Night Football when he started <laughs> no the bats. comparison Brissett. No, I know, I know, I know. But, but, but the, the, look, the look of just pure delight on Belichick's face, it made me th- I wonder, I'm like, I wonder if like, at some point at 65 years old he's going to switch gears a little bit in terms of how he operates the offense. You're and definitely throwing a lot into one expression. I mean, he may have just had some good gas. He's so expressionless. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I am throwing oh, a lot in Mouth there. moved. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, hey. Um, I'm not laying the gauntlet down, but I'm, I'm kind of tempted to. You know what I mean? I'm a little tempted to. Lamar Jackson, for me, what I want to see for him is I want to see him. Bill Parcells was always big about talking about the dark and, and when the lights come on, right? Yep. Time in the dark is invaluable because you can, it's really hard to learn with the lights on. Yeah. Once you're in the stadium and it's full of fans, the idea that you're going to be learning anything in that environment, that's a tough sell. Sensory overload. You'll gain experience. It's yep. good experience. Like, and, and going back to Mayfield, Mayfield, that's what Mayfield needs. Mayfield needs to be in the game to learn because he's learned all the technique stuff. Mm. What he needs to do is understand the difference between NFL throwing windows and college throwing windows and NFL lines of sight versus college lines of sight, yeah. and it's going to take him time to learn it, and you can only learn it on the field. But for Jackson, he needs to fix his base. I don't like his base. Yeah. He throws from a narrow base way too much. Mm. It's going to be to his benefit to get those feet cleaned up a little bit. Mm. And then the other thing is he needs to find, this is sort of like a Bagger Vance kind of thing. <laughs> but, but I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Oh, come but, on, of course. Yeah. You know, he teaches Damon... To find his Junus. Was his name Junus, the golfer? Junus, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Junus. Junus. Junus, that's it. Right. So he, you know, he, he, Junus needs to find his true swing. Yeah. Well, I, I, Jackson is in that same kind of boat. He's got several different release points. I don't really care which one he settles on, but he's got to settle on one. Yeah. He needs one important thing about an NFL quarterback is that when all things are equal and you're throwing, it needs to be the same. Now, obviously, if you're running around, you, you, sometimes you've got to throw off your back foot. Sometimes you need to find a weird arm angle, throw sideways, throw yep. backwards, whatever. And some people flourish but, at that, like a flutie, for instance. But, right. But when he's clean, you want a definable, repeatable throwing motion with a consistent release point. Yep. And that's not something you learn under duress. No. So he's a player where I just feel like time invested will really pay dividends. <coughs> So I hope he gets that time. Yeah, um, Josh McDaniels might have to be Bagger Vance if he, you know, if he comes here. But someone's going to have to be. Patriots. It's been proven over time the Patriots are a good coaching staff. Yep. They they obviously did some good work with Brissett. They obviously brought Garoppolo all the way to where he needed to be. Yep. I have all the belief in the world in the Patriots from a coaching standpoint. So 
you know, I, I don't know you could I don't know that you could do much better than going to to, to the college of Belichick. Yeah, no argument um, here. Yeah, yeah, we've been through this so many times yeah. on the show. Um, so that's where I am with Jackson. Love him as a prospect. Physically, he's just off the charts. Yep. Uh, really fun to watch. Kid plays a lot of heart. And again, a pretty smart quarterback from what I've seen. He definitely makes multiple reads. Uh, it's, it's, it's not that he couldn't handle it mentally. It's that physically, I'd love to see him get to where he needs to be before we throw him to the wolves. Yeah, that's no, the key thing. I think that's fair. Uh, yeah. Now, moving down to Rosen. Rosen, whew, lot to like. Mm. <laughs> There's a lot to like because he just throws the snot out of the football. My thing with him is I, I, I just, and I think we talked about this last week, but when things go off script, I feel like his level of play drops mm. precipitously. Mm. And he, he's another quarterback where I really feel like time would benefit him greatly. I'd love to see Josh Rosen get a season and not get thrown to the Wolves. Um, in terms of throwing the ball, he's there. He is there. He's got a big arm. He's got a, he, throws a, he throws a big ball. He throws a beautiful ball. He's, he's able to vary speeds. He's got touch. He can zip it in there. Um, so I heard somebody on Twitter today compare him to Matt Ryan, which actually wasn't terrible, mm. but you've got to think of Matt Ryan with a big arm. Matt Ryan's got an eh arm. Yeah, he can Rosen's get it down there, arm. but I hear you. Yeah, there's bigger uh, arms for sure. I, I'm, I've never been a big Matty Ice fan, but yeah. that's okay. Um, but I think it's not a bad comparison because Ryan's the same kind of thing. If you can get him moving side to side, you're in pretty good shape. Yeah. Um, so Rosen's a guy who, A, needs to learn to climb the pocket versus grab bag, and then, B, I think he needs to build his body up. I think a year in an NFL strength and conditioning program would be really good for mm. him. Um, so... You know, we'll see. But that's where I'm at with Rosen. My, my comparison to Rosen is probably, in terms of just the level of prospect, he's in that D- Derek Carr area for okay. me. Okay, yeah. First Derek round Carr talent. Well. Yeah. I, I definitely have a positive view on him. Um, I would love to see him not get rushed. Okay, you yeah, know? fair enough. And Derek uh, Carr really... He he really uh, you know had a yeah, nice Carr's soft a landing. Bit better. It's not a perfect comparison. Yeah. It's more on like where do I rank him on a one to ten scale? I've yep. got him right about in that seven five area with with Derek Carr. Now Carr doesn't have Carr's probably got ninety five percent of the arm talent that Rosen has. Yeah, but Rosen doesn't have the agility strengths that Carr has. What Carr also has is grit. How's Rosen with grit? Yeah, Carr's got heart. I, I like Derek Carr. I mean, yeah. he had a rough year last year, but, you know, uh, generally I, I'm, I'm a fan of Derek Carr's. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I, your question, I heard it. He's got grit. It. You can see it on the field. Yeah. You know, but I, I wonder yeah. about Rosen. And he wants it. Derek Carr wants it. He does want it. Tell. Yeah. How, how's and Rosen in that category? How's his want to and his grit? You know, I... I, I've had the benefit of watching Carr play NFL games for a few seasons now, so it's easy for me to say that. Rosen, I, I, I'm not going to take – I don't want to say he doesn't have it. You can't read someone's heart. I, just, I, I don't have a yeah. read on it. That's why I ask. Yeah. You know? I, I, I'd say he's fine that way. I don't think he's deficient in that way. My, my problems with him are I'm a little bit worried of, about him holding up, so I'd like to see him build his body up. Yeah. And I, I want to see him in an offense where he knows everything. He cannot be thinking on the field. Because he's going to need every ounce of energy physically because he doesn't have great movement capabilities. Mm. I don't want him swimming when he's on the field. Mm. Uh, I want him to have all the advantages he needs when he's on the field. And, and if he goes to a crappy team, I want, 
this, this is a kid who needs protection. You know, um, Rosen is the first guy on the list so far where I'm very concerned if he doesn't have protection. Yeah, and I wonder, this is, what, this is the mystery we don't know, and I think it's... Right. it's Not it's to a, say that Darnold and Mayfield don't, and Jackson, those guys all should have good protection. Sure, too. All quarterbacks sure. should have it, but, but, but to me, Rosen's a kid who sort of needs it. Yeah, I think physically and then mentally is a question mark, right? What, what will the beating do to him? Does it ruin him? You know what I mean? Does it... Can right. get up Beatings from... have multiple, multiple effects on young quarterbacks. There's two things, to me, two main things that you worry about happening. First of all, it just destroys their general confidence. Yes. Um, you know what, let's do three things. Destroys their general confidence, can get them hurt, Yes. <laughs> which is just bad. Yep. And then the other problem is it knocks their eyes down. Um, and once you knock a quarterback's eyes down, it takes a lot of coaching to bring them back up. Mm. Um, and it, it, we've talked about this before in the show. You don't want your rookie learning the wrong things. You don't want your rookie learning survival tactics. Yeah. You want him learning how to beat the other team, not how to live through the game. Yep. These are two separate things, and we've seen quarterbacks ruined because they're just out there trying to survive. Yeah. That's counterproductive. If, like, if you're the Jets... And you draft Josh Rosen, and that's what you're throwing him into. Bad you news. should be throwing the count into that, yeah. not Rosen. Yeah. Yes. That's, yeah. That's the way it should roll. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you know that's where I'm at with him. Um, now Rosen and Jackson. If somebody wanted to take Rosen over Jackson, I don't have a problem with that. I personally, I got a little bit of a crush on Jackson. I yeah. And look, as fantasy guys, there's just so much upside there. If he gets, we've yeah. seen it. And we've seen it with a lousy quarterback right. like Tebow who can do things with his feet. You know. Well, it, yeah, Tebow's a big freaking rabbit hole. Let's not go down that. Yeah, I know. You hear um, what I'm saying? Let, I'm just saying from a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go to Josh Allen, who's the last guy in my second tier. Well, this guy is very interesting to me because this yes. is the Johnny Bravo guy. You know, he right. fits and the he's physical in this tier, so I don't hate him. Yeah, he yeah fit... I'm not trying to kill Josh Rosen here. Uh, Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. I get my Josh's confused. Let's just apologize. Yeah, yeah no right problem. Right but this is the guy at 237 pounds, and he's big, and he's strong, and. He's interesting. He's a very interesting player. Oh, he's 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 the kind of like I would have a lot of fun with him if he hadn't become such a hot button issue. Yeah, where it's almost like like if you want to go to the uh, the the football and analysts bar, like that's what you have to that's the question you have to answer the bouncer when you go in. What do you think of Josh Allen? <laughs> um, you know, it's 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 that he is the hot button player out there at the position right yeah. now, which is amazing when you consider he's in a draft with Darnold Mayfield. And yeah, Lamar with a good Jackson. class, but he's an interesting. Yeah, he's an interesting volatile one. group in terms of opinions are all over the place on these quarterbacks. Mm. But anyway, so uh, Josh Allen, I think that everybody is so intensely into placing their bets on this player that I think we're forgetting the big picture. And the question is, what is he worth, right? Mm. We're going to the NFL draft. What is this guy worth? Yeah, when you're willing to take him. Right. So the question is, what are the odds he hits? What are the odds he bombs? And what does that break out to in terms of what pick is he worth? You know, For me, he's a middle-of-the-first-round kind of guy. Mm. Um, like, I would take him around where the Bills took E.J. Manuel, okay? Which was a terrible pick. Terrible pick. Because Manuel did not have the upside skill set that Allen has, and he had all the problems. He should, he should have been like a third-round pick. Yeah, I would have been fine with E.J. Manuel in the second round. and The, the Bills did with E.J. Manuel what, what the Jets did um, with... Uh, What's it? Josh Hill? What was it? Uh, Stephen Hill. Oh, the receiver. They took the, yeah. St- Stephen Hill, big, tall, fast yep. receiver with a lot of potential, but he was raw beyond words. Mm. 
So the Jets take him in the second round, which is defendable, but then they start him week one, yeah. which was completely idiotic. Yeah. If, if, job number one is when you take a project, you need to know he's a project. So, set him up you know, for success. Yeah, they put him up right. the Right. Now, NFL. the Bills, Bills did the same thing with Manuel. They overpaid, and then somebody said, hey, well, if you're going to overpay, you've got to play him. So now you, you're, you're, it's a double negative whammy because you paid too much for the guy, and now you're going to go ruin him. Yep. I mean, they ruined that kid. I mean, he may, have had it, he may have had the ability to play in the league if you had given him a year and a half. Yeah, he had talent. He had some talent. Big play big, talent. strong kid, yeah. big arm, had a big heart. He's yeah. a good kid. But you can't just you can't just throw the whole you know kit and caboodle at these rookies when they're not ready. Yep. You get EJ Manuel's career when you do that. So R- R- Rosen's a guy where if you just throw him out there, Alan, Josh Allen, yeah, Allen, yeah, sorry, uh, I, I think you're asking for trouble. But you know, having said that, if Cleveland is actually telling the truth and they're going to draft Allen at number one and let him learn for a full year behind Tyrod Taylor, well. Who knows? Mm. I mean, that could work. <laughs> because people are all hyped up about his completion percentage. But what's more important than the percentage itself is the underpinnings. Why is his completion percentage low? To me, it's, there's like at least three factors with his completion percentage. One is that he's not particularly accurate. Mm. That is a factor. There's no question two, that's a factor. That's the biggest knock on him. Yeah, the, the, what, what I'm saying is, is that... the. The 56% is indicative, yes, of a guy who's not tremendously accurate, but it's also indicative of an offense that doesn't really give its quarterback much of a rhythm. Yeah. They, don't, they didn't scheme their receivers open very well at all, and then you compound it that the guys can't separate. So if you're not scheming them open, they're not really getting open. Mm. Okay, so he was throwing into. <laughs> I heard one guy this morning say, "Well, Allen's going to have to throw into tighter windows in the NFL level. Everybody knows the windows <laughs> get smaller." It's like, dude, have you watched Wyoming? because yeah. <laughs> you're throwing in. They didn't even have windows. They had those little portals you <laughs> see on a ship. Right. <laughs> it was like every single throw had to go through a, a hanging tire. Yeah, yeah. It was a very. It was not an easy offense for a quarterback mm. to play in. So I think you need to be fair about that. So uh, you know, give the player a little bit of. You know, a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. Um, and then you have physical flaws that can be corrected. And he has some things that be co- can be corrected. First of all, he needs to, just like Jackson, he needs to find his release point and stick with it. Mm. That's one. And his feet need to be cleaned up. His feet are inconsistent. They're a little all over the place. I mean, is it as bad as Blake Bortles was? No. Better than Bortles. He was like Jerry Fleck from uh, Best in Show with his feet, Blake Bortles. <laughs> <laughs> have a room reservation for what? Dude, please don't don't go down the Eugene Levy festival. So we just say it. utility closet. Oh, no, I'm just that is such an underrated movie. Great movie. Lynch was so good in that damn movie. All of them. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, Alan is a kid where if you give him the time to clean this stuff up, he could end up being really good. Mm. So I, I, I think it's wrong to dismiss the fact that this could end up being a fairly special player. The, the question is, where does he become a good risk-reward opportunity? I don't think number one is necessarily the spot for Yeah, him. particularly if you think um, you can get him a little later. I mean, Well, that's the trick for Cleveland, right? Yeah, they've they got, got the one, they've picks. got the four. Right. Um, and you know, everybody's killing the Giants. 
and they're killing them for taking Saquon Barkley, and you just sort of want to like slap, slap people around and go, dude, they haven't taken him yet. And they, that, and they haven't had a running back in a really long time, right. too, well, so I, you can understand I think it's it. malpractice if they take him at two, personally. Right. Uh, but, I, I, I mean, I really do. But, you know, I mean, let's, let's look at this rationally. The Giants are sitting in the two-hole, right? The, let's say they want a quarterback, well, Cleveland's sitting in the one and the four, and it looks like they'd love to do Barkley and a quarterback. Yeah. Well, if you're the Giants, are you going to sit there and say you're taking a quarterback? No. No! You could do that in a million years. You're going to sit there and, and broadcast to everybody on the planet that you don't want a quarterback. Right. So that you're going to take Barkley because you want to encourage teams to either A, trade up to the one to get Barkley, yep, exactly. or for Cleveland to say, hey, let's take, let's take the non-QB first and the QB second. Because we know we're going to get them. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, the Giants are just playing. Well, actually, you know what? Let's not say that. There's a good chance the Giants are just playing games here. Yep. So, uh, you know, if they actually sit there too and take Barkley, I'll, I will sharpen up my fork and I will go after him just like everybody else. <laughs> But I think give, give them time to do the right thing yeah. first. Um, and, and as far as them taking a non-QB, it's malpractice to stick it to and do it. it, it I think we talked about this last week. But at bare minimum, you've got to like slide back to, with the Jets at least. They've got to. They gotta, you know, I mean, you know. And, and you don't need a lot to do it because if you're the, if you're the Giants, you're actually taking Barkley. Well, why not take the Jets' third rounder flip and flip picks? Because yep. you know they're not taking Barkley. Right. And if you're the Jets, you'll pay something to make sure no one gets up in front of you. Like, if I'm the Jets and you call me and say, hey, uh, give us something to jump up in front of, you know, and we'll, and we'll switch spots with you. And then the Jets come back with, well, you're not taking our guy. Why are we going to switch with you? Go, oh, okay, no problem. We'll talk to you later. We're calling Buffalo right now, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you want to move that third rounder now? Okay, yeah. good. Beautiful. Let's do, let's do business, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, so if you're the Giants, you at least do some type of swap with the Jets. You at the think. bare minimum, you do that. Now, how old's Eli now? He's 38? I think Eli is 37. He's an old 37, man. He's, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm not as much as... I'm not physically. on the Eli's done bandwagon, mm. personally. Mm. Uh, I think, I, I, you know, I think if... Here's what, here's what I would say. Introduce me to the quarterback in the NFL last season who could have lost his number one, number two, and number three receivers with a shitty and line. Too. Well. Yeah, with a shitty line too. Yeah, a horrible with a shitty coach. Line, no running game. Horrible a coach. Porn, a porn star as a coach. Yeah. Um, That's well, an insult star to porn haircut. stars. Not, yeah. not a porn star. Porn star looking coach. Right, right. <laughs> he had the buck naked haircut. Yeah. Um, Some very lovely yeah, porn stars. So much stuff going on bad for the Giants last year. I, I think Manning, if you put him in the right offense, can still do it uh, for a little bit longer. That's it. Um, you gotta, but having said that, similar, if you're the Giants. Similar situation to the Pats. They've got to fortify that position. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, how many chances are you going to get to draft a franchise QB? Not a lot. Right. So the only with them, the Giants, where they can, they can, you know, they're pretty. They've got a, a team that could bounce back and play well. They're not going to be in that position to get the franchise. Right. Because now you're talking about. Well, that's where it gets interesting for the Giants. Like, if their attitude really is, we want to win right now. Okay. That, that I could see that because you're getting you're getting Odell back and back, and you can get an impact player at the two. But you still need to maximize that asset. No question. You still need to get as much as you can out of that two pick, and they're miles um, behind the, the Eagles too. By the way, I mean they're not. 
They're in yeah, striking distance, I, I, but they're I, several I, miles behind. There, there's a gap for sure. Um, but here's the one thing I'll say about the Giants, and, and I don't think it's the right thing to do. But if they actually take Barkley, whether they move him back with the Jets or not, if they actually go out there week one next year, and they're putting Barkley, Odell Beckham, and Evan Ingram on the field together. That's a lot of talent on the field, no doubt. Well, it's a lot of talent, but it's a unique combination. I've never seen a team with anything even approaching mm. that type of matchup. Just nightmare. Mm. Because Ingram is impossible to match up with. Odell Beckham is a field tilter. Yep. And now you've got Barkley, who can literally play receiver and running back almost equally. Mm. If you put those three guys in the huddle and you're sitting there trying to, as a defense, going, well, what's our personnel going to be? Hey, good luck. Mm. I mean, Belichick would be like, wow, would that be a lot of fun? It is I mean, a play. Can, it is. A, it is a play to win strategy. There's no question of offensively. There's no. Question I'm not about saying it. it's a good idea. All I'm saying is, as someone who's stuck in the New York television market. I'm excited to watch. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. That would be fun to watch. Mm. So, you know, in that I could care less if the Giants do something stupid, bring on Barkley. That's my attitude. Yeah. I get to watch Saquon Barkley every Sunday. Yeah. Um, in the presence of the other guys, sure. Yeah, and I mean, for Eli, and here's where it gets interesting with Manning, who clearly is not what he was, but, but you're playing right into Eli's strengths, which is read it, see it, get rid of it. And that mitigates the offensive line issues. So it's yeah. it it's interesting. Similar to where the they Patriots would be, are. They would be yeah. they would be fun to watch. Yeah. Hmm. Similar to where the Patriots are offensively, where they're gonna have to get rid of it quickly as their you know, the line shakeup is the problem. Right. Yep. The difference is the Patriots have been morphing in and out of that type of scheme for decades. Mm-hmm. So it's it's you know for the Patriots that's just like breathing. It's yeah, it's turning a switch. Yeah, they they've, they've, yeah. The, the the studs are already there in a, in a big you know, way. Yeah, I mean, like, like uh, all the pieces around Brady are like the cards dealt on a particular hand, and Brady knows exactly how to play every hand. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. So he's like, "Oh, we got problems at the tackles. All right, let's get the football out." Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. They'll be doing more short area routes. They'll be spreading you out more. Um, they'll be looking more like the Patriots of uh, of the past. Yep. That's okay. Yep. Yeah, no problem. No problem there. No, they're suited for it. If there's no more on Allen, this is the guy I really want to get to is the next guy, and he's in his own tier. I love people like that. Um, You got any more on Allen that you want to kind of dive into, or can we move to my guy? You know what, dude? We can do a whole show on every single one of these quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll revisit Allen in our post-draft landing spot thing. I appreciate Uh, that. I guess the one one interesting thing about Allen is where the hell is he going to go? I guess throw a dart. Uh, uh, throw a dart I, I, in the first half of the draft. It could be anywhere, any one of those teams that's in the I mix. Think, I, I mean, unless everybody's getting it wrong, he's going one. So we'll see. Mm. It's going to be interesting. But yeah. yeah, let's get to your guy here. I know who it is. Yeah, Mason Rudolph. You know, yeah. it's, uh, I, I, I like this guy, and he seems to be climbing a little bit. And he's. I definitely like him. Mm. I don't I, love him, but I like him. Yeah, he's climbing. Um, I'm wondering if he's climbing a little bit too far for the Patriots to get there. Uh, but I. I well, if he is, I wouldn't worry about it. But I see something here. You know, he need, I think he's another one who needs time. Yeah, um, he's got he's got back foot issues. I don't like his positioning. I think a lot of his throws, the hips aren't coming through, the shoulders are getting caught halfway through rotation, and you see a lot of balls coming out a little funky. Mm. Um, he's also got small hands, which is going to affect. You know, if he's moving to his right, sometimes the throws are going to are going to sort of he's going to lose balls to the right. But weather too. Over, small hands overall, are tough in weather. I, I, 
I mean, I mean, I'm impressed with him. Yeah. I, 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 first of all, he's a big quarterback, and, and he's got all the benefits of being a big quarterback. He, he can stand in the pocket. He can see the field. He can, he can definitely read defenses. Mm. Um, I, I'm a fan of Mason Rudolph, but he's another one where I'd love to see him get at least a year. And so he definitely fits the Patriots. Um, you know, for him to come in and learn behind Brady is absolutely, I think, his best case scenario. Well, he's so. got those things that like that attract a Patriots fan. You know, in the Brady era, which is and you just said it. You know, his field vision is is good, and that's so important in the offense that the Patriots historically run. You know, in the in the eighteen yeah. years of the Brady era, so that's yeah, what kind of pops throws, with me with him. I, I, he throws a nice deep ball. Yeah, when, he, when everything's working right with him, his deep ball is pretty. Uh, I, I, you know, if 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 the Patriots land Mason Rudolph without trading up, and can get two more years out of Brady, that's pretty good. That's nice. That's a pretty good scenario. Yep. Um, so let's move down to the next group because I think now we're getting into the Patriot group, right? Yeah. This is the, this is the tier that's interesting. Right. We we've... Rudolph definitely has a good chance of going to New England. But I think this next group also, yeah, good chance. And these guys are later in the draft, and and this is interesting. So the guys we've been hearing, we don't about, know how much later though. We you don't. Know, well, it, well, that's the know, thing. Like you know, they're they, into the late first round to early third round group. I think. You know, the, the, I'm glad you said that. That early third round, because that, that's where I think a couple of years ago, if the Pats are going to jump, and that was a good quarterback class too, with Carr and Garoppolo and the whole gang, but. You know, the Patriots had Garoppolo on their draft board higher than most. They took him in the middle of the second round. So a lot of these people are looking at, like, Kyle Laletta and Luke Falk, and you're thinking third round. But if the team likes them, and I've noticed that you've moved Mike White up a little bit from Western Kentucky, um, if they like them, then they're going to be a little higher on the board. So, again, it it could be early third, or it could be one of the usage uh, spots for those two second-round picks that they have, too. Yeah, White's an interesting player. I think mental makeup-wise, he's a guy who can play pretty soon. Mm. But he's not a guy you want to put behind a bad offensive line. So, you know, definitely he's behind Hoyer this year, in my mind. Mm. Um, you know, Mike White is not mobile. And when I say not mobile, we're talking about 509 in the 40. We're talking about a 27-inch vertical. Um, you know, this is, <laughs> this, is, this is a stationary quarterback. Um, so... You know, he's a guy where the Patriots really, I would, hopefully Skarnecchia can stay around for three or four more years. Yeah, and get the most out really of that want, line. I think he needs an offensive line even more than Brady does. Um, so, you know, let's take that with a grain of salt. Having said that, uh, he's got a ton of heart, and boy, does he make throws. Mike mm. White makes throws, yep. man. It's, I mean, just tons of them. Yep. So uh, he's the kind of guy, if you can keep him clean, give him, give him a good look at what's out there, he's going to make good throws. He's like your vintage um, pocket passer type guy, right? Yeah, no, yeah. that's exactly what he is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if that's what the Patriots want, um, I think he'll be there with their second, second-round pick, and, 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 it, and it's a possibility. Um, Loletta, I have really right there with White. A little bit different, he's yeah. more mobile. Um, definitely a little bit of a better athlete, um, about two inches shorter than White. Mm. Um, but in terms of bulk, he's only a couple pounds behind him. So um, Laletta definitely a, just a teensy bit on the short side, but, you know, fits the suit for the most part. Does the program um, worry you at all, coming out of Richmond? Does that worry you It's at not all? a plus, yeah. but, I, I, it's, you know, the, the problem isn't so much Richmond it's it's that you know his film. I, I like Loretta's film. I see a lot of things that are good, and I definitely think he's a developmental prospect who could make it. I just 
I guess my big thing with him is Garoppolo is sort of the standard, yeah. and I just don't see Jimmy Garoppolo when I look at Kyle Loletta. Mm. I want to, but I just don't, because Jimmy Garoppolo had a couple things that were just really off the charts. I, I don't know if you remember the conversations you and I had I about do. The, quick, the, the quick release. The, 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 the great the field vision, they throw a great long ball. Yeah, uh, they're just—you uh, can't really overvalue those traits at the NFL level. No, and and we saw it second half of last year. Like, I think some people expected him to be good, but I don't think many people expected him to be that good. Um, I remember that maybe, Miami game, that first half. I'm like, wow, it's all coming together. It's all coming true. He looks oh, so yeah. good. And I think that's—I think that's the thing that you know, Belichick maybe doesn't have his much heart as some people, <laughs> but I think Garoppolo is one of those people who got in there a little bit. Oh, yeah. No, I, think that, I, think, I think there's I think a little Belichick, bit of a father-son thing going on there. Yeah, yeah, and it's just a little bit of that, I got this one, I nailed this one, yep. you know, and I think, you know, they watched him in practice, they knew what they had. The thing is, you can't convince anybody who wasn't in the room of it. Right. Mm. So unless, like, like the way the Patriots could have maxed out value on Garoppolo would have been if last off season McDaniel's had gone somewhere and needed a quarterback. Right. Then you'd have gotten a first rounder and a second rounder. Right, because he would have seen them and right. knew what they had. Right. Because he'd have been like, no, 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 I don't need to see this kid. Go get him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've I've been in the room with this kid. This yep. is our guy. Yeah. But you know, as as much as San Francisco may have liked him, they didn't have that kind of inside information. Mm. Um, but Belichick and and everybody in, in Patriotland did, yep. and I do believe Mr. Brady did. No question. He knew. <laughs> you know. He knows. Yeah, he knew. No yeah. question. Right. You know, it was such a level need... jump. Pete, there was such a level jump in the preseason games. Like, I remember people really wanted to take a look at uh, even Hoyer when, he, when, he, when they took him out of Michigan State and, yeah. and, uh, and, that, and that zipper had good, uh, Hoyer's a good quarterback. Ryan Mallett, you know, all those. You know, and they just looked terrible. And, and Castle, he looked terrible. There was such a level jump when Garoppolo got in in the preseason. It was like, mm, that's what a quarterback looks like. And, and you're right. I think the ball Brady comes did out, see it's it. accurate. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and, and look, you know, Castle's an NFL backup, you yep. know. Now, granted, with Belichick, he went 11 games, but that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Mallett was a guy with a lot of arm talent, but Stonehead didn't process well when he had heavy feet. What yep. are you going to do? Stonehead. Um, yeah. But it's interesting. So of these guys, Mike White, prototypical pocket passer, Kyle Aletta shows a lot of the traits, right. smaller programs, smaller competition. Luke Falk. Yeah, well, that's the guy I was going to get to. Because to yeah, me... Let's, let's, to me, this is a guy who's got a little bit of both of what those guys have. A little interesting player here. Yeah, uh, again, not a not not a great athlete, but maybe a little bit of a sneaky athlete. He gives you some length. He can definitely be a pocket passer. He's got that Tom Brady thing, actually, Luke mm. Falk. He reminds me of Tom Brady, but Tom Brady light. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's a Tom Brady-style quarterback, but he's, you know, He's like a Camaro to Brady's Lamborghini. Well, he's kind of got that. He's got that um, that rhythm kind of accuracy that right. Garoppolo has, right? A little bit of that. A little bit of that um, that Brady can get. That Brady, bit. when Brady's like just, I mean, which the, he does the most of the time. The problem with Falk is that he's going to be fine as long as your offense is running downhill. I'm just not sure what he's going to be like. I don't think he's got the ability to sit there and take hits like Brady used to have. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can say what you want about Tom Brady, but there were some times where he took a licking and kept on ticking. No question. No in question. In his career, 
probably, in my opinion, he doesn't get enough credit for that. He's a um, really tough quarterback. And, yeah, and before yeah. all this, like, Gumby bouncing back up, off the, before all that, he took his licks and he, he absolutely yeah, stayed Yeah, and in. I think if you go back Don't and forget look at the AFC Championship game with his foot. You know what I mean? I mean, he... Well, let's go back Let's go back and look at some of the really great quarterbacks we've seen. Look at Philip Rivers. What did he do against the Patriots in that playoff game? He played on one leg. Yep. You know, Joe Montana had his back broken in half, came back and won a Super Bowl. You know, Peyton Manning had his neck fused together, came back and won a Super Bowl. Brett Favre was almost killed in a championship game yep. one year and he was still and he did not leave the game this is a trait among the great players Troy Aikman tough as freaking oh, he nails. got he got rolled his rookie right. year he got killed yeah so when you go uh, John Elway just tough beyond words yep. so when you go back through the great ones this is a recurring thing that this, theme's this always is, there Right. This is something you want out of your quarterback, and, and Brady most definitely had it. Um, and you, and we've been over this m- many times, but this is where Garoppolo is unproven as of yet. It's the durability, yeah. It's, yeah, right. And it's the, the durability, yes, and the ability to be what you are now once you've been beat up. Yes, yeah. To not have your level of play drop dramatically. Um, you know, I mean, Rodgers last year. Rodgers, no way should have played in that one game. Yeah, he still got out there and played. But yeah. they couldn't keep him off the field. It's just, it's, it's, it's part of the internal thing that these great quarterbacks yeah. have. So um, let's relate and, you know, it. Let's relate it back to Luke Falk a little bit. So he's got kind yeah. of, he's a little bit on the leaner side, right? He's a little bit kind of a skinny, blanky kind of guy. Yeah, and I just I just wonder if I I don't know about him running around the pocket making throws. Mm. He's he makes throws from the pocket well. He can step up and make throws. Uh, you get him moving laterally, I think you got problems. Mm. That's so, a, and that's a pro, that's yeah. a that's a that's a uh, throwing the football program, Washington State too. Like yeah. yeah. Oh no no no. He can be a volume thrower, but it's got but it needs to be done on his terms. Yeah, which, which sort of be my way of explaining it. So I just think he's a kid who needs protection. Uh, and here's the other thing. Can, can he do what Brady did, right? Can, can Luke Falk come in and two years from now be 10 pounds bigger and stronger? I think so. Right? That I mean, we, we, right we all know what Brady looked like at Michigan, right? We've all seen the pictures with the white t-shirt, right? Oh, he was, not, like, he was like skinny fat. Right. So, I mean, clearly that is not the guy who took the job from Bledsoe. No, that is not. <laughs> two, different, two different people. Yeah. So, you know, I think Falk would also need to make that type of transition. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think that's a good point. As you move into the final tier that you have there, Pete, we've talked a little bit about John Walford, yeah. who's a guy you had your eye on from Wake Forest, but there's a couple new additions there. Yeah, Walford's a guy that uh, some of the people in our audience know Coach Coach Turner, the guy I've been yep. working with for years, I do my scouting with. Um, uh, he's a guy we just both love, just because we love the way he plays. The, the problem with Wolford is I, it looks we can't get the data we want in terms of how big he actually is. Mm. But he's listed at six one two hundred. My gut says he's more like five eleven one ninety eight. Oh, really small? Yeah, yeah. So it's just I I think he's probably on the small side, mm. which is the reason I wanted to get him inside my top ten. I just couldn't quite do it. Um, love the way he plays. He's got some Baker Mayfield in him. He's got a ton of Drew Brees in him. That's mm. a moxie. Yeah, I I think he'd be a really interesting seventh round or free agent pickup for the Saints. 
to bring him in and, and groom him as a backup to yeah. Breeze or a backup to whoever takes over for Breeze because I think he could run their offense and um, and learn from the master. Yeah, of, of he's got people his size. really good eyes, really good timing, throws a nice, tight, accurate ball, um, but might be. I'd say he projects as a pretty good NFL backup, but probably nothing more than that, just because of the size. Um, and then um, the other two guys in that tier, um, for me, uh, Riley Ferguson is a guy where we were really worried that he wasn't big enough, because a lot of places had Ferguson listed sub-200 pounds going into the combine. Mm. And that really turned me off, because again, you get beat up in this league, and at sub-200, it's just not going to work. Yep. Um, but he came into the combine at 212 and 62, 62.6. That's not too bad. Yeah, that's decent size. So if Ferguson can put on another, say, five to eight pounds, he might be able to do it. And he's a guy who throws a nice ball. Uh, he's, you know... You know, somewhat athletic. You know, he doesn't have straight line speed, but you know, he he, he ran a sub seven three cone. He's got some athleticism to him, and yeah. he's got wonderful timing on his passes, and he's accurate. So uh, he's definitely a guy who's got a shot. Uh, and then it, our dark horse candidate, this kid from Texas Tech, who uh, coached my book, just, yeah. just love this kid, Nick Shimanek. Yeah. Um, now look. Not enough film on this kid. We did, we were not able to go and find every single flaw that he must have. He's a guy who got benched his senior year. Mm. Um, there's all kinds of reasons to give up on him, but boy, he is a big, strong kid who throws the snot out of the ball. <laughs> I mean, he can throw the thing, yeah. and he and he really spins it. So he strikes me as a wonderful seventh round project, the kind who could actually make it in two years. Yeah. So I, to me, he's worth knowing about just because he's just got so much physical ability. Before you go, I mean, he can stand there in the pocket and throw darts. Before you go further, fifty on, yards yeah. downfield. If he's like a seventh round project, what's Riley Ferguson? Like that kind of time of the draft as well. He's probably also a seventh yeah. round guy, but not a project. Yeah, like Riley Ferguson's close. Yep. He's close to being able to play. Um, like Riley, Riley, actually, I was talking to a coach yesterday, and I said, you know who Ferguson reminds me of? It's actually Hoyer. Hmm. He could be a, he could have a Brian Hoyer career. He can make like a game manager type because Hoyer can do that. Yeah, where yeah. you know if all the stars align, he could get a job at some point, do pretty well, and then yeah. you know everybody, hey, this guy's not bad, and then you know three weeks later, ah, this guy stinks. You know, sort of a yep. Fitzpatrick kind yep. of thing. Yep. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder kind of quarterback. Gotcha. Yep. Case Keenum, something like that. Yep. You know, he's he's to me he's potentially that level of player if he makes it. Cool. Um, but you know, we we just talked about twelve quarterbacks. We did. And I think nine of them really are very legit. Have a legit shot, um, yeah. So this is a good quarterback class. Um, you know, obviously there's so many things that can go wrong. So I mean, teams ruin player, players all the time. Yep. Players shoot themselves in the foot. Manziel, obviously the, the best recent example. Guys who do make it, like Teddy Bridgewater. Get hurt. They get whammied in, yep. in August with some freak injury. Yep. So you know, there's a million and one reasons why these guys still have a long way to go. Uh, but I tell you what, I, I I can't remember the last time I liked the top six this much. That's great. This probably goes back to like '83. That that great glass. I don't know right? it goes that far, but I mean, like like uh, what was a lot? You know the uh, the, the Roethlisberger, Eli Rivers class was pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't know if it's that. I don't know if this class is that good. But uh, who knows? Maybe. But there's some depth there. And what Pete and I will do is we will uh, we'll wrap it all up after the draft when we get to the landing spots and how these guys might project 
in the places that they get drafted, which is going to be a huge, 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 huge component of all this and making it work or not making it work. And then, uh, and then next week we'll get into the running backs, the tight ends, and the receivers all for you before the draft, right? Yeah, we've got. We're really we're yeah, going to be active yep. over the next couple of weeks. We're going to be. Hopefully, you and I are going to do three pods together next week. Yep. Um, I'm also. I, I'd say ninety percent. Elliot, Chris, and I are working on trying to get together next week, so we may have a pod with Elliot, and he's great. Yep. Um, and then post draft, um, I'm going to I'm going to do a sit down with Evan Silva. Awesome. Uh, and I'm also going to do a sit down with you. We're going to do landing spots. So um, a lot of good stuff coming up. A lot, a lot coming. Of Catch us on Twitter at Rotobon and at Rotobon Hacksaw, and we'll make sure you know about everything that's coming. And thanks for tuning in. So long, everybody. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.